Bouncing around. Dropped! Think about trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Welcome back in to second and 26. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles. Alabama beat writer here for The Athletic in Alabama. You can catch me on WJOX 94.5 Mondays through Fridays from 10 to 2 Central when you're in the Birmingham area. I hope that you do. And you can always catch me on this podcast. Uh, the schedule has changed a little bit, as I'm sure you've noticed in the offseason. Sort of um, finding best practices on, on what's working on the podcast and starting with spring practice about to roll in. Going to pick back up on the podcast and, and hopefully you guys We'll, uh, we'll continue to send questions into the mailbag. I'll continue to feature those, and uh, we'll try some different things out here on the podcast. Obviously, the big news over the program in the last week or so has been Scott Cochran, one of Alabama's, uh, one of Nick Saban's, rather, first hires when he came to Tuscaloosa in 2007. Uh, was he hired? Scott Cochran. Scott Cochran, you know as Coach Yeah, right? He's Coach Yeah on Twitter. Um, the yeah, 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 yeah. It's Coach Yeah. It's Scott Cochran. Uh, he was with Nick Saban in every step of this journey. Uh, but as if you read what I wrote, um, you know, right after the new year, sometime I wrote a, a story about Lane Kiffin and that Lane Kiffin had expressed an interest um, in hiring Scott Cochran for an on the field position coach. A lot of people couldn't really wrap their heads around that and, and, and sort of, um, question my reporting on it and I, I think now that Scott Cochran has left Alabama and gone to Georgia not for a not for a position on Georgia's strength and conditioning program no that's not what he's doing he's going to be an on the field coach he's going to be the special teams coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs he's a special teams coach and so now looking back on it now it doesn't seem so odd that Lane Kiffin would have had interest in Scott Cochran in doing that and and so um I hope that gives everyone a, a little insight into what's been going on in Scott Cochran's mind and that it wasn't just about leaving Alabama. Um, I mean, there's several different ways that can we, that we can really get into this, this, um, this particular topic. One being Scott Cochran made $610,000 in, in salary at Alabama uh, last year. And, my understanding is there's there were more revenue paths that weren't contract related to just Alabama um, that he opened up. So different revenue streams for him. I don't I don't want to get into all what they were, uh, but but you know if you were to tell me it was his salary was over eight hundred thousand, yeah, that's that's something I could probably easily believe. So it wasn't really about the money. He was a well compensated strength and conditioning coach. Uh, he was well respected. Nick Saban had sort of given him carte blanche, and he had he had really carved a path um, that I don't know how traditional it is for a strength and conditioning coach, right? I mean, Nick Saban famously doesn't let his coaches talk to the media, but when HBO wants to do um, a real sports segment, or HBO wants to do a documentary, or ESPN wants to do a training days show about Alabama. Scott Cochran is made available to the media. It's just a, it was a level of trust. I think that Nick Saban had in him and something that uh, the other assistants didn't really get to do. And I'm not saying that other assistants want to, or don't want to talk to the media. They're not allowed to. Scott Cochran was allowed to. Scott Cochran had his own 5k in Tuscaloosa. Scott Cochran was given 
an ad sort of promotion thing that ran inside Bryant-Denny Stadium that featured him, that featured the yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that featured all of that. I mean, Alabama sort of gave him a platform to help build his brand. And But Scott Cochran didn't see himself. He didn't want to limit himself as just a strength and conditioning coach. I mean, that's part of, I mean, that's the reason why he's not at Alabama. I don't know that he takes the job to go with Kirby Smart if it's a lateral move. In fact, Kirby Smart tried to hire Scott Cochran when Kirby Smart first got the Georgia job. I mean, I reported it then that one of the things that, that Kirby would want to do would be he'd have a lot of interest in hire, hiring Scott Cochran. Now, those two families are friends. Scott Cochran, his wife, Sissy Cochran, they are friends with the Smarts. And so there is a friendship that um, that underlies this move. Um, but Scott Cochran viewed himself as wanting to get into coaching. And it's not it's not something we're used to seeing. It's sort of why we look at it when, when, the, when the story came out last week that it was happening. I think it caught a lot of people off guard that it wasn't. It wasn't for strength and conditioning because that's sort of how we had conditioned our way of thinking that this is a move that we don't see made. How can you, how could someone transition from a strength and conditioning coach to an on the field coach? But that's what Co- Cochran saw himself as Lane Kiffin certainly flirted with that idea. And in depending on who you talk to, tried to hire Scott Cochran. But when Kirby Smart came calling with an on-the-field position, it, it was too much for Scott Cochran to pass up. And I mentioned sort of the non-traditional uh, ways that, that Scott Cochran was given a platform in Alabama. Um, he also had a very real role within the program in terms of, if you want to say, say he played good cop to Nick Saban's bad cop. That's a very real thing. That was a very real role that Scott Cochran served for Alabama. You pissed off at Nick Saban? Go talk. Go 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 talk to Cochran. Position coach not doing you right. You don't think you're getting a fair shot? Go go talk to Cochran. You getting homesick? You miss home? Go talk to Cochran. Problems with your girlfriend? Go talk to Cochran. So he had sort of evolved into more than than just a strength and conditioning coach. He was a a voice of reason that could push players and challenge them when they um, when they wanted to give up. You know, his his role sort of not letting guys give up on themselves, not letting them transfer when transferring's easy. He that's a real that's a very real thing, and he certainly filled that role. And I don't know in the short term that that Alabama has one of those guys. Long term, yeah. The new hires that they just made, uh David Ballou, Matt Ray. Um that's right, Alabama hired basically two strength guys. One's gonna be or one served in, in Indiana as a strength and conditioning coach, and then Ray was the um, the athletic performance coach. So Alabama is going to hire both of those guys unless something um, something changes, uh, you know, last minute change of heart, contract details, whatever. Uh, Alabama hasn't announced those hires yet. They're still banging out the contracts, and once they're uh, once those contracts are signed and official and filed, then Alabama will certainly put out a press release about it. But so Alabama's made the hires. They've replaced the body. But I don't know that in the short term they can replace what Cochran did in that regard. Over time, the new guys coming in, yeah, they'll build that relationship with the new strength and conditioning coach. They'll have that relationship. And Jeff Allen is still there. He plays a major part in that program. He's the last remaining staffer 
from Nick Saban's initial 2007 staff. I mean, Jeff Allen, the head athletic trainer, is the last man standing. Burton Burns went to the New York Giants, and now Cochran's gone. It's Jeff Allen. And Jeff Allen serves an important role in that program, too. Because they, they're in that training room a lot. And he is an outstanding individual. And it's easy to build a rapport with him. But in the short term, there's no Scott Cochran. But over time, you know, Baloo will be that guy. Over time, those relationships will change. And here's the thing. Obviously, Alabama gave Scott Cochran that platform because he was very valuable to the program. I mean, they gave him a, a thing inside the stadium because it was almost he helped recruiting in that way, right? They gave him that platform. He earned that. And and so there's a certain respect level that goes with that. And the people at Alabama that I've talked to have been very careful not to come across as belittling of Scott Cochran or this is a good thing that Scott Cochran left. They've been they've they've measured their words very carefully. Because they don't want to be seen as shoving him out the door. They're very appreciative of the 13 years he put in the program. They're very appreciative of what he helped build along with Nick Saban and all those assistant coaches and all those great players that have come through the program. They're very appreciative of all that. But if you've noticed when Alabama's had staff changes, be it an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, a mass staff turnover. Regardless, Nick Saban always basically says the same thing. He says it's an opportunity to evaluate what you're doing and to look across the country to see if there's a better way of doing it, if there's a better person doing it. So I think Alabama sort of, while they, they want to be very respectful of what Scott Cochran did during his time in Tuscaloosa, at the same time, they, they are excited because there's new blood, there's new energy, there's, there's new ideas. Quite frankly, there's new technology coming with Alabama's new science, sports science building that they're going to open. You start looking with, with Baloo and Ray and then them working hand-in-hand hand with Jeff Allen in that new building, building where they're going to have cutting-edge technology with a new program. It's a chance to grow. It's a chance to learn new things, that maybe it was time to reevaluate the strength and conditioning program. And that happened because Scott Cochran left. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't have kept Scott Cochran. It just means they're going to take advantage of the opportunity to look across the landscape of college football and say, you know what? We got all the resources in the world. We got a first-class dining establishment for our players. Nutrition with Amy Bragg is top of the line. We got, a, we got the best training staff in the world with Jeff Allen and all those great guys and all the people that take care of the players over at Andrews Sports Medicine. Uh, Dr. Lyle Kane, Norman Waldrop, all, all those guys. They first class, they study your sleep patterns. I mean, there's not a stone left unturned that Alabama doesn't go through to try to maximize performance in their athletes, to give their athletes the care, the technology, the everything, first class. And so now it's an opportunity to sort of evaluate. Listen, football's changed. I mean, football is not the same game in college football as it was in 2007 when Scott Cochran came to Alabama. It's not. The hurry-up offense, the no-huddle offense, the spread, Alabama's body sizes have gotten different uh, on the defensive side, I'm sure you noticed. Now, I'm sure Scott Cochran's changed some with that. But they were looking for, the best way to put it is a more scientific approach. You've got all this data available to you, right? 
I mean, the Alabama War is the catapult system. It measures your effort. It measures how fast you're, your miles per hour. They got GPS. They got everything that measures a player's output. They know what's going in your body. They got first-class dining facilities. Now they're, they're able to take that information, all of it, in a more scientific approach with Jeff Allen, with Baloo, with Ray, and they're going to they're gonna be able to, to sort of tailor a program for each specific player. And it's just going to allow new, new opportunities. That's the best way to put it. And that's not, uh, that's not saying that Scott Cochran couldn't get the job done. None of that. Uh, I don't know that there's a correlation between what Scott Cochran was doing and all the injuries that Alabama suffered over the last few years. I don't think there's, I don't know that there is a correlation, but they're going to study it, right? They're just going to study, okay, this guy, we have a, we have a range of players at this specific position that keeps getting injured. Here's their weight ranges. Here's what we're asking them to do. Is there a better, is there something we need to be doing differently to train them? I don't know that there is. I'm not, I'm not a physiology guy. I don't have a degree in that. These guys are really smart. They have all this data. They're going to get to the, the bottom of it. They're going to come out and they're going to they're going to tailor the program that that best suits Alabama in 2020, not not 2007. It's not 2007 anymore. It's 2020. We got spring practice a little less than two weeks away. That's one thing that that if you want to take issue with Scott Cochran and Kirby Smart, the timing of it. If if this was a move that you knew you were going to make, do it in January. Don't do it in the middle of the offseason program. Don't do it in the fourth quarter program. Don't do it right before spring practice. But sometimes there are situations we're unaware of. Opportunities arise at different times. Who, who am I to say that, that it wasn't the best thing for Kirby and, and Scott Cochran? It just sort of feels a little underhanded in that regard, but it, it, maybe it's not. All I do know is Alabama's got a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, they got another guy who's like an athletic performance coach. And their job is to sort of learn the players they got, the guys they got coming in, to develop a program that's going to work for Alabama football in 2020. And that's what's, that's what's important about this. Um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, spring practice is going to start March 13th. It's that traditional Alabama's going to do the, the Friday before spring break. They'll have their first practice. Then players will go on spring break. And then when they get back the following Monday, they'll knock out the other practices. And then they'll start scrimmaging. And obviously, we'll cultivate – with a day on April 18th. Don't forget with Bryant Denny stadium undergoing some construction that there will not be as many people allowed into Bryant Denny as normal. So if you are really gung ho about going to a day, um, make plans accordingly. Um, we coming down the, the wire two regular season basketball games remaining for Nate Oates and that squad. They got a gutty, gutty win over South Carolina on Saturday, just gutted out. And with all the injuries they have with, with, you know, Herb Jones basically being just a defensive player with, with John Petty having the arm injury and not playing in that game. They shot 47 free throws against South Carolina and found a way to overcome a 12, one deficit early in that game where they didn't make a field goal for the first five minutes and to, to, to pull that game out at home hats off to Nate Oates in that crew, probably not going to the NCAA tournament, but they have not quit. They are still fighting. And, who knows? Maybe they win these last two games. They get to ten and eight in conference, and they maybe make a run in the SEC tournament. Who knows? They're a, they're a, they're a hot shooting team. If they get hot, they can they can reel off some victories. But they will need John Petty to come back. Thanks so much for listening to Second and Twenty Six. I'm Aaron Suttles, and I'll catch you next time.